0: Welcome to JudgeCast. I'm C.J. Schrader, level 2 judge from Smyrna, Georgia, and with me, one of my co-hosts.
1: And I'm Jess Dunks from California, town of somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're
0: lying. You're Brian Sullivan. I am from... from Florida, who cares? West New Smyrna. West New Smyrna.
1: West New Smyrna.
0: Unfortunately, Jess could not be with us today. He had a... uh, I think he said he was in Las Vegas partying it up, so I guess that's better than a judging podcast to him. Let's see where his priorities are. I do believe that is the case. Yeah. And if it's not the case, that's the rumor we're going to start. Oh yeah.
1: Body shots off of... Well, I'll let you finish
0: that. <laughs> no, I won't. What? No, I'm not going to finish that. Body shots off of level three judges? Ew. <laughs> Speaking of new, of level threes, we have three, uh, new ones. That's so gross. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, A I lot apologize. of level 3 judges have hairy bellies. <laughs> I apologize that these L3s are now associated with this, but we just want to say congratulations to Tasha Jameson, David Succi, and Antoine Boaziz. Boaz.
1: <laughs> That's horrible.
0: Boaziz. Bo- Boaziz. Gygax. Yeah. <laughs> congratulations to you two, or three. Uh, they, they all certified pretty much on, like, the same weekend or something. But not the same I, event.
1: I have I have only worked uh, with Tasha that I know of. Me too. So, uh, yep. Yep. congratulations, Tasha and David and Antoine.
0: Yep. Antoine, who? Boyaz. <laughs> boy, <laughs> boy, so, R D, Chef Boyardee. <laughs> Uh Speaking of Boyardee, I don't know why we never talked about this before, but I think we just kind of missed it. But the uh, Magic Online Judge Open is coming up in the not too distant future. This is a magic online tournament for judges. It's free to enter. It's a lot of fun. Um everyone who plays gets this Aeon Chronicle Chronicler Avatar. Uh you get, you know, you get, a, yep, you get a you get a free avatar that can identify you
1: as a judge yep. or someone who bought the avatar off of a bot
0: Yeah. the two. Unfortunate. But that's okay. Uh it's a sealed deck event, it'll be M thirteen. Uh they have it at two different times to try to facilitate, you know, people in the US and people in Europe or wherever else being able to play. Uh I'm going to give the times in eastern time because me and Brian are the only ones here so and we're eastern time people. If Jess was here maybe we, we would translate for him. Yep. Or,
1: or we could give him it in
0: I got to do this. We could give it in Canadian time. I have no idea what that even is. Well it's like
1: 40 years in the past. Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> like you said I got to do
0: this. Like you knew you knew where you are going with it. You knew. <laughs> uh, the two times for this are September 1st at 10 a.m. Eastern and then September 9th at 3 a.m. Eastern. So that second one isn't really for the people in the U.S., but uh, that first one's at a pretty good time. Have you Do you do the the mojos, Brian? I tried to do last year's mm-hmm. but was unable to. But
1: So one of the things that they did last year and I believe that they're going to do this year is – because okay, so so judges also care about, you know, positive EV and I think the previous year they had a lot of judges that would start the draft, get uh or, or or start the event, get their packs, and then drop.
0: Yeah, that's really lame.
1: That was so what they what they did was to curtail that was you you got three like if you didn't participate, then you got three packs. Right. And and that was nice because I missed it and I got to open my packs of and I don't even remember. I, I use Modo. This this is the sad thing. Um I started playing Popper mm-hmm. on Moto and I was like, this is really, really awesome. And I had a really awesome like cavern harpy, you know, Manowar war deck sure. that was really, really fun. And then the M ten Rules Change came out. Yeah. And I was just like,
0: screw this. <laughs>
1: I put $10 into this deck. I figured out how to use this stupid tool so I can play my Cavern Harpy deck. $10. It was $10. <laughs> you'll you'll get it. over it. I, I had to learn, like, how tickets work and how bots and a bunch of stuff, and yeah. I just, I rage quit. Moto.
0: Yeah, I first got an account for the first uh, Magic Online Judge open. That's the first time I ever had an MTGO account. So these things are pretty sweet. I missed the last one because I was getting married or on my honeymoon, depending on the date of them. Depending on who you ask. That was pretty non-negotiable. I feel like I had time that morning before I got married, but whatever. And unfortunately, I'm missing this one because it's during Dragon Con. But still, it's a lot of fun for those who can get out there and make it. You should form a little group of judge buddies, go out to a store somewhere that'll have you, you know, all play together, have a good old time. Yeah, I might have to
1: do – I don't know, man. I'm actually doing – on September 1st, I'm doing like a 1K – yeah, I wonder. But I'm head judging, so I'm wondering if I could actually play and head judge at the same time. I think you can. Well, do you think? Do you think? Do you think my opponent would understand if I'd said like BRB, gotta field an appeal? Yeah, I think they
0: would. They're a judge. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, I I figure, so, right?
0: The uh, the last thing before we move on is that. Uh, right now, the prize is basically that participation prize, and they are figuring out other prizes. I don't want to oversell them, but I believe last year the prize was the winner got uh, sponsorship to any pro tour? Or is it Grand Prix they wanted to go to? Something like that. Something really big. It was a good – I believe it was.
1: Yeah. And who – was it Jared who won? Or he just did really well? Ooh, I think Jared just did really well, but I don't think he won. This is us being prepared. <laughs> This right. is what it looks. This is what it looks like right here. What's what was that prize? I don't know, a
0: pony. Or that something. was then. This is now. All right, let's move on to our next little topic. Uh, the big news around the internet right now that is, uh, we have a new website for us judges to use. He landed
1: on Mars.
0: Yeah, that was pretty cool too, I guess. Uh, but who cares?
1: Completely un- technological advancement unrelated to landing on Mars
0: <laughs> is a new website to replace DCI family called Judge Apps. Yes. The dot we
1: website dot apps.magicjudges.org. Correct. And I just tried to bring it up in uh Firefox and it is not giving me the log on page,
0: but Internet Explorer works just fine. So. Chrome's working fine for me.
1: Yeah, so come on. Come on. So it's doesn't, pretty, doesn't 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 James Bennett like work for work for Mozilla?
0: James Bennett needs to fix all these problems. He does need to fix them all all these bugs. All these bugs.
1: <laughs> so it's it's actually really cool. The thing uh, so all the the events, the the Star State events, the GPS stuff like that are now moving over to uh dot org. There is a messaging tool like on DCI Family. However, and here's here's the bonus, unlike DCI Family, I can access this from work. <laughs> yes. So I'm actually gonna check my messages on this thing. And there's forums. Yep. Real honest to God. Actual forums. Uh, there's there's projects where you can you can uh, if you're if you're a member of a project you can you have like little
0: special forums that are only visible to you guys or yeah, that, to the project. That project feature is pretty sweet, and I don't think people have talked about it very much yet. But yeah, it's, it's nice that you have this this place for your project. Yes, you have the, the like I said the forums
1: the forums is the thing that I'm really really big on because uh, they have hinted at. Uh, eventually moving, integrating Judge List with these forums, and the idea of being able to self-filter the for you know like my own forums or read
0: the read the threads mm-hmm. is huge. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think this is all going in the right direction. This should be a lot more actively supported. Also, uh, these, the the owner, the creator of DCI Family is no longer a judge. So that's part of the reason why, you know, that site had kind of started to lapse. But any events that were already on DCI Family are going to stay on DCI Family for the next few months. But any new events that are created, they're all being created on magicjudges.org. So, for example, if you are interested in coming to the Atlanta Judge Conference, that's still on DCI Family. But if
1: you wanted to apply for GP Philly or one of the other GPs that are uh that they're posting up soon that's mm-hmm. it's going to be on uh the new website. So, org, new hotness, DCI family,
0: all and busted. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sweet. So, if if you already had a DCI family account, you that means you all automatically have a magic uh app, what do we call it? App Judges, judge apps. Magic judges. Yeah, judge apps. Judge apps. That's what we're calling it these days. Um, So you already have an account. You just log in the exact same way you logged in on DCI Family. If you didn't already have a DCI Family account, then you should uh, go to apps.magicjudges.org and request to get an account. And they have a, uh, a link where you can provide
1: feedback. Don't tell them that the filter criteria is broken. Yeah. <laughs> look at the – when you look at the judges in your region and then you down so, – so it's like, oh, look at all these level ones. And then you change the – and you're on the last page and you change the filter to level three and you get an error. Yep. Yep. All right. They know about that one. You have anything else you want to say about Judge
0: Apps? Woo,
1: Judge Apps. Woo, you I'm excited. I'm, you know what I'm doing with Judge Apps right now? What? I'm looking at a picture of one C.J. Schrader.
0: Yeah, I see that it took our pictures from the Judge Center, so that's exciting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It like lists all the events you used to go to. It did. Yeah, and it's it's faster, it's cleaner. Yeah, it is. Just everything about it's just better. It's shinier, and it still has that new web page smell. Yeah, and you can uh, submit reviews with the 2012 year. You can't really do that. I made that no, up. I don't think no, you I don't still think can't that. do that. That's still the Judge Center. All right, well, for all intents and purposes, Magic Apps will be completely replacing DCI Family. What else has to do with replacement, Brian? Um, well,
1: I mean... I had to buy a new pool filter this past weekend. You
0: are the worst. You're like the anti-Segway. You're like, if a Segway is that two-wheeled vehicle, you're, I don't know, a couple of cinder blocks you wear on your feet. That's you. It's a couple of cinder blocks (laughs) for
1: a minute. I'm a a couple of cinder blocks just just tied to your feet while while you're pushed off the pier. That's
0: that's going to make you. sure you sleep.
1: Well, no, you were asking what else needs replacing. I'm like my
0: pool filter. What that's has what needs to do a replacement? You know what? Our main topic today is replacement effects. Oh, well, if that's where you were going with this, you should have said something in the chat window. I had no clue what you were no, doing. No, come on. That was obvious. <laughs> it's replacement effects and prevention effects because they're kind of the same thing for the most part. But that's,
1: that's got nothing to do with replacement effects.
0: What? Prevention effects? kidding okay okay <laughs> we would have had a judge fight let's start <laughs> judge fight so let's start at the very beginning here oh, how man. can you tell if something if in a continuous effect on a card is a replacement effect
1: uh it uses the words when, whenever or at
0: i'm <laughs> filming that is an awful thing to say don't do that we're trying to be educational oh well it's it's actually
1: uh <laughs> Those are triggers. That's how you Those spot triggers. They're triggers. They're triggers. So the way you can tell that a replacement
0: oh effect You just catch is... the other judge. Like I... someone's gonna stop listening right at that point, and they're gonna be like, "Well, Brian Perelman said this is how you how you spot replacement effects."
1: So, so the so just like triggers have uh, words keyed to them, and ogres have layers. Replacement effects have layers too. I mean. Onions too. They have ogres too. No, one of the key words for replacement effect is the word instead. Okay, if if you're gonna do A, do B instead. Well, that right there is is, is pretty key. You hear my dog? Yeah, I do. Yeah, he is. He's downstairs. He doesn't. He doesn't like replacement effects. No. So if if you were to take, you know, if you were to take damage, double that damage instead, okay? If you were to draw a card, put a 2/2 two, two green bear creature token into play in st- or onto the battlefield instead. Okay? Those are those are all replacement effects. Effects that use the word skip are replacement effects. So yeah. like skip your next combat step, skip your next Draw step, you know, those are all uh, skip your next turn. Mm-hmm. Those are all those are all replacement effects.
0: Yeah, they replace the next turn or whatever with nothing. Yep. yep. And then this is this is actually this this word, the word as. OK, but
1: it attached to phrases like, you know, as X enters the battlefield. That, or or as X is turned face up, a lot of people tend to they know that triggers have magic words, and they tend to lump as in there. So, so they they kind of think instead of at, it's as. So, mm-hmm. oh yeah, you know, clone as it enters the battlefield. That's a trigger. No, no, it is a it is a replacement effect.
0: Right. It's
1: a little word that starts with a vowel. It's a little two-letter word that starts with a vowel, but it's not the same one.
0: Right. And and similarly, if something enters the battlefield with blah, usually a plus one, plus one counter, that is also a replacement effect. Yes. So,
1: so uh, bloodthirst.
0: Yes. there's <laughs> an example. Yep.
1: So let's, let's look at some of these wonderful examples you
0: have here written up for us. Yeah. So one thing to mention is, so if we have a bunch of replacement effects, we just kind of apply one, and then if the other ones still apply, we apply them as well. So someone described it to me as kind of thinking of it like a, a tube that you kind of push everything through. And so, you know, th- this analogy is terrible. The point is <laughs> if, if the other ones still apply, you apply them too. So you just keep applying all the replacement effects. And also if if a replacement, a replacement effect can't replace itself, you know, so if someone said if you would draw a card – Draw two cards instead doesn't make you draw infinite cards by, you know, replacing the draw two with drawing more, so on and so forth. Let me, uh, if, if I may, can we talk about the,
1: the example that gelled it for me? Okay, sure. Okay. So this was, this was, I'll, I'll credit Ben McDowell with this scenario, although it could very well be Michael Fortino in, uh, Armada land. Sure. So he says like, okay, so it's a, a, it's a four-player EDH game, okay? This is this is kind of kind of ridiculous, okay? Play so there's four players A, B, C, and D. Player A casts Avenger of Zendikar, okay? All right, Avenger ready? Avenger of Zendikar has when Avenger of Zendikar enters the battlefield, put zero one uh, put a zero one green plant creature token in the battlefield for each land you control, and then he has a landfall ability uh those dudes get counters. Okay. Okay. But it said so player A casts Avengers into car with Avengers into car on the stack, okay. Player B casts Gather Specimens. All right. Okay. So Gather Specimens says if a creature would come into play under an opponent's control this turn, it comes into play under your control instead. ho. Oh, there's that word instead. Okay. So if the story ends right there, when the spells resolve, the Avenger of Zendikar goes from being on the stack to in play under Player B's control. Okay, it doesn't come into play under A's uh, under A's control and then shift over to B. Okay? okay, it just it goes from Player A's on the stack, B uh, B's control on the battlefield.
0: Yep, Okay. because entering the battlefield under A's control was replaced by entering the, under the uh, entering the battlefield under B's control. Right. It was completely replaced, so the first event does not happen. Right, okay.
1: Now, the story got a little bit more complicated. I'm sure it did. Because this is EDH, and nothing can be simple in EDH. So, Player A casts Avengers endicar, Player B casts Gather Specimens, Player C looks at that and says, well, I want to get in on the fun, too – cast his own gather specimens all right all right so at that particular point okay let's let's go through that this this uh this scenario so player a has avengers in the car and he now there are two replacement effects that say one says player b gets the dude and one says player c gets the dude right right Okay, so how, when we have two replacement effects, how do we determine who gets what? Okay, who wins, right? hmm So how how do we determine who
0: wins in the, in this particular instance, CJ? Okay, so you look at the, so this is, actually, you know, how we handle this is probably one of the more unique things in the Magic Rules. Like, I don't think there's anything else really like it at all. But basically, if you have two replacement effects trying to do the same thing, you have the controller... Of the or not, e-
1: not even the same thing. Just two replacement oh, effects. Oh, yeah, you know, it's, the
0: same thing. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, just if two replacement effects apply, you have the controller of the affected object, or if if it's uh, just affecting a player, the affected player choose in which order to put the two replacement effects. Right.
1: So in this in this particular instance, what is the affected permanent or the the affected object? Sounds like it's the creature. It's the Avengers Endor car on yep. the on the stack. All right. So player A is the controller, mm-hmm. so he gets to decide now who's going to get it, who who gets who gets who gets it. You know, I've got or player A looks out and he says, "There's two replacement effects.
0: Player B's, player C's. uh I'm going to give it to player C." Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So so there's no timestamps, nothing like that. Yep. Like the order of this casting the spells doesn't matter. So player C's now going to get it. All right. Well,
1: there's still, so that replacement effect got, for lack of a better term, used up or eaten or, you know, it's like a bubble that got popped or whatever. Yep. Okay. So each replacement effect tries to or replaces the event only once. It doesn't keep trying to replace it. Okay. So, so it got used up. So now there's still a replacement effect out there. Player B's gather specimens that says if a creature would come into play under an opponent's control this turn, it comes into play under your control instead. Well, guess what? Player C's an opponent. Yep. So player B's replacement effect is now in place, or now it still applies. So player C kind of has to give it to player B. And the Avenger of Zendikar was now going to, now, that, now it's going to come into play under... Player B's control, okay? Player C's gather specimens, replacement effect got used up on this event. So it's not gonna suddenly apply and then it just ends up bouncing back and forth, you know. Right. I get it, no, you get it, I get it, no, you get it. So Avengers car is gonna drop and land on 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 the battlefield on player B's side, and then the trigger goes off bunch of plant tokens abilities get put on the stack <laughs> we get to do it all over again.
0: Didn't even think about that. I was wondering but, why you're using Avengers Indicar
1: because it's funny.
0: That's funny. You
1: know, now, the original scenario doesn't really work so good in podcast format. It uh-huh. was like four player game Avengers Indicar on the stack everybody cast gather specimens. So. Right. Okay. Including player A who was just like, "I don't want to be left out." You know, or maybe there's like a hive mind or something like that in play where everybody gets one.
0: Yeah. That, that right
1: there, at least, at least for me, you know, really, really cemented the, the, the whole, if there's multiple replacement effects out there, you choose the order. And then once it's used up, it's been used up. And, you know, I'll leave it as an exercise for the interested listener, you know, figure out what happens. What if all four players cast? Gather specimens on this Avenger of Zendikar, you know, and you just kind of like watch it bounce around the table a few times before it finally ends up where it's supposed to go. Yeah, that's a that's a great example. I really like that. But there's there's also
0: simpler ones, <laughs> which
1: we—that's <laughs> true.
0: I guess I guess we could have started with those, but no, I I think it was good through, to bring that up. And through the magic of editing, we might actually start with those simpler ones. No, no, damn it. <laughs> so. Uh, an example I want to bring up was, uh, Stonehorn Digni- Dignitary, that old card. It says, uh, when Stonehorn Dignitary enters the battlefield, target opponent skips her, his or her next combat phase. It kinda goes along the same lines. So say I cast Stonehorn Dignitary and then cast another Stonehorn, D- Stonehorn Dignitary. Hey guys, I have a podcast cause I can talk real great. I talks real good. Uh, I'm talking real good. I talks real good. So say I cast them both, they're both targeting my opponent. What happens when they come up to their combat phase? So what happens is we have two replacement effects, the order doesn't really matter. The first one comes in and says, hey, you have a combat phase coming up here, uh, you're going to skip it, you're going to do nothing. The second one says, is there a combat phase coming up? No? Okay, then I'm not going to do anything right now, and I'm going to keep waiting on a combat phase. So what happens in the end is that by casting two on the same turn, you're going to have your opponent skip their next two combat phases. Because that replacement effect just sits there and waits to apply until it can. Yep. Yep. (laughs) I mean that's pretty much pretty much what
1: it is. It's it's you've replaced you've replaced something with nothing. Yep. And the the second Stonehorn dignitary effect is kind of waiting to replace something. And when it comes around to it it's like, oh well there's nothing there. So I gotta keep waiting. Yep. It's like the rock biter from the never ending story. Yes, it's exactly like the
0: rockbiter from the never ending story.
1: you Remember, you know, he's like the nothing came and it it, it, it took my home and tray was like, What what did it leave? Did it leave like a hole or something? And the rockbiter says, No, a hole would be something. <laughs> there was nothing. Yes, I remember the rock biter. And that and that baked my eight year old brain. So much. It's like, wait, it's a hole. How can if a hole is something? Wait, I don't understand.
0: What's going on? It's like that riddle that was on Are You Afraid of the Dark of uh, what can you put in a barrel to make it lighter? And it's a hole. When I was a kid, I was like, what?
1: What? What? I don't understand.
0: I was thinking helium. Hey, so let's go to another example here. All yeah. right, I think this one comes up in Legacy a lot. Is a uh, Golgari Grave Troll. And it reads... Grave Troll. Among a bunch of other words, it reads, Golgari Grave Troll enters the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter on it for each creature card in your graveyard. So say you use something like Rise from the Grave on this guy to put him directly into play. And say he's uh, the only creature card in your graveyard. Does he get a plus one, plus one counter or not? And the quick answer is yes. Yes, So that is
1: the quick answer.
0: Yeah. So there's a couple things here. First off, obviously, a replacement effect for a card affects itself. But the second thing, the best way I've always had to describe this is that cave troll has to either be in the graveyard or on the battlefield. There is no zone between, you know. There's no in-transition zone. There's nothing like that. So, and we know that this replacement effect modifies how the creature enters the battlefield. If it's modifying how it enters the battlefield, then it isn't in the battlefield yet, right? Right. Therefore, it must still be in your graveyard. And that's why it's able to count itself when it comes straight from your graveyard into play, and since it modifies how it enters the battlefield, it gets a plus 1 plus 1 counter.
1: Now, what's what's funny is there's a, there's an actual rule to handle in this particular case. It says uh, uh when applying an effect that modifies how a permanent enters the battlefield, You can't make a choice that would cause that permanent to go to a different zone and not enter the battlefield. And this is, this is what it's for. Um, Sutured Ghoul Mm -hmm. is a, is a card. Let me get, I should probably have brought this up before. Uh, it says, as Sutured Ghoul enters the battlefield, exile any number of creature cards from your graveyard. Okay. So this is like Golgari Grave Troll, who is capable of seeing himself and getting his counter when he's entering the battlefield from the from the graveyard. Um, Sutred Ghoul, you know, is in graveyard, okay, right before it comes onto the battlefield. So if this rule wasn't there, technically you would be able to as it enters the battlefield, you would be able to exile it from the graveyard. That's weird. So they put a rule in there that says, no, you can't do that, because that's dumb. So so if the Suture Ghoul enters funny. the battlefield from the graveyard, you can't choose to exile the Suture Ghoul itself. <laughs> uh,
0: one more example we have here is uh, Gisela Blade of Gold Knight, I think it is. And yes. once again, among other abilities, she has, if a source would deal damage to an opponent or a permanent an opponent controls, that source deals dami- double da- that damage to that player or permanent instead. It also says if a source would deal damage to you or a permanent you control, prevent half that damage, rounded up. Now we haven't talked about this, but prevention effects are also replacement effects, aren't they? Well, they have a different section in the rules, but they're basically the exact same thing. Like, yes. They they interact as if they were replacement effects. Let's put it that way. So
1: so let's let's say that what's what's the what's the red card that it's like if a red source would deal damage to you, it deals one more damage instead. One more damage. Yeah, I know some cards that double it. I'm not sure of any that do. Well, well, we're talking Gisela here is double. Okay, so there is a card. I don't know the name. We're going to pretend that its name is That's fine. We're going to pretend its name is Fu. And it says if a source would deal damage, it deals one more damage instead. Okay, so a lightning bolt was going to deal four points of damage on its own. With Gisela, so there's a, a a dude... Uh a seven seven. It's that it's that new uh creature from uh is it from M uh uh was it from M thirteen or Avison that uh if your life total will drop below seven and becomes seven, that kind uh, of yeah. thing. That big seven, seven guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You really need to get rid of that guy. And you got a, you got a Gisella, uh and you got a lightning bolt, and you got that that spell that uh, uh lets you do one more. Uh, whenever a, a source would deal damage, you get to do one more. You can actually kill this guy two ways then. Okay. Actually, your opponent, uh, your opponent gets to choose. Yeah, so. your opponent's gonna have the choice here. Well, that's fine. He's screwed either way. Okay. Okay. So, in this particular instance, uh, I have Gisela out and I have my, my enchantment, foo, Okay. Help me out with the name. Edit the name in. Like, we'll, we'll figure it out after the podcast.
0: No, we'll just call it Fury of Fire.
1: Fury of Fire <laughs> fury yeah um, so bolt your bolt your dude okay so now you have you the opponent the controller of the dude you have two replacement effects replacement effect one says damage dealt deals one more than that damage okay and then we have another one that says double it So, I get to choose which one to apply first. So, I'm going to choose... Let's double it first. You being the Elder Scale Worm? Yeah, I'm going to be the Elder... Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm switching pronouns here all over the place. Yeah. Keep keep up. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Okay, so I'm the I, as the controller of the dude that's affected. I get to decide which which replacement effect gets to apply uh, gets applied first. So I can either choose to double it, then increase it by one, or increase it by one, then double it. Okay, so three, I can either go three to six to seven, or from three to four to eight. Okay, seems, seems pretty good. Seems seems pretty good. Alternatively, if you have a protection effect, okay, that says, uh, prevent one damage, you know, if a source would deal damage to you, prevent one of it. Yeah. Okay. And I bolt you and I have Gisela out. Okay. You get to pick prevent one damage, then double the result or double the result and then prevent one damage off of that. Okay. So you're either, you're either going to be taking four if you went three, two, Two to four, we're gonna be taking five, which is the three to six down to, down to five minus one.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know wow. what to say about that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good, it's good to go over this. It's just, it's not like I can argue with you. No, well, that doesn't we, work.
1: Well, we can. We can fight. No. Not about that. Well, hold on. Here we go. I'm gonna add something to the to the replace. Uh, no. no, I really can't. This is it's just. How
0: does clone work? I added clone up here as an example, but since it's, it's in the notes here and we haven't talked, I don't have a good clone example. Um, let's do let's do clone in essence of the wild. I like that. That old chestnut. That old chestnut. So clone says obviously. Uh, clone issues battlefield as a copy of you know, or a creature on the battlefield. Essence of the Wild says creatures you control enter the battlefield as a copy of Essence of the Wild. So if you already have Essence of the Wild down and you cast Clone, as Clone starts to resolve or as Clone starts to enter the battlefield, you get to choose uh, how you want to order these two replacement effects because you have the Clone replacement effect and you have the Essence of the Wild replacement effect. So you have two choices here. Say you chose Clone first to clone something else. Uh it doesn't really matter what you choose because the next replacement effect would be Essence of the Wild. So you're going to end up with an Essence of the Wild in this situation because that's the second replacement effect. So it just replaces no matter what you chose the first time. Say you have say you choose to apply the Essence of the Wild replacement effect first. Well, that'll turn your clone as it's resolving, as it's entering the battlefield, into a copy of Essence of the Wild. Once it's a copy of Essence of the Wild... It doesn't have the clone ability. It doesn't have the clone ability anymore. So that replacement effect no longer applies. So you still can't become a copy of anything else. Basically, if you have Essence of the Wild out, your uh, your clone is always going to be an Essence of the Wild.
1: So let me ask this. All right. Okay. If you have out Essence of the Wild and play a creature, and in response, I cast Gather Specimens... Okay. Okay. Yep. Do I get an Essence of the Wild, or do I get something else?
0: So, we recently were given some rules-to-handle situations just like this. Ah,
1: mind-blown.
0: <laughs> it's kind of like a, a, a mini-system of layers, you know, not the big scary layers that we're all always afraid of, the interaction of continuous effects, but these, these mini-layers. And we have an order that we do apply a replacement and prevention effects in.
1: And you hardly
0: ever, never, ever... EDH is... About it, unless you play with Essence of the Wild a lot. It, yeah, if Gather Specimens isn't involved, it almost never comes up.
1: Yeah. Um, Essence of the Wild, Gather Specimens, Clones,
0: yeah, yeah, EDH, EDH. It's all EDH. It's always EDH. So the first thing that you apply, because you have to apply them in this order, and then if there are multiple within each, I don't want to call it a layer, but in each tier of, of these, uh, Of these effects, then you get to choose, uh, you know, based on the control of the affected object or the affected player. But anyway, the first one you apply is self-replacement effects. And what is a self-replacement effect? Brian, do you want to tell me what a self-replacement effect is?
1: Self-replacement effect is an effect that replaces part of its own
0: ability with something else. Yep, that's pretty much it. Like the self-replacement effect has to be on the card itself, and it has to be replacing something that it does. So the biggest example I always use is uh, generally kicker more often than not, but burst lightning in in particular, uh, you know, it, it normally does two damage, but if you pay the kicker cost, it will do four damage instead. That is a self replacement effect. We always apply those first. Yep,
1: always, always, always. And that was and that's actually that was that's always been the case even before. Yes, you know, even even if you have two replacement effects, like let's say is it, is it remand? Mm-hmm. I think uh, remand is the one. Is the one that I'm thinking of? Yes. If a creature's countered that way, put it on its owner's hand instead of, okay, so that's a, that is a replacement effect. And then you have like, say, Guile, which, uh, which I think exiles, uh, if a card is countered. Let's see. Yeah, you exile that spell and you may play. So you always, you always apply, uh, uh, self-replacement effects first.
0: Yes. Yeah, I know that. Yep, sorry. Another example would be if you have Giselle out and you are casting a kicked burst lightning targeting someone, you can't choose to, you know, double the damage, then apply the deals four damage instead, uh, part. You only have the option, you know, to double the four damage. There's a, there's a specific order. So the next, the next tier of this is, um, the next thing we apply is anything that modifies whose control a card enters under and that's that's really gather specimens. There's not a lot of cards that do that. Commandeer. Commandeer is that another one? Actually,
1: no. That just changes control of the spell.
0: Never mind. Yeah. So, yep. So that's the next one. Then we apply any effects that make something a copy of something else. And so, and then after that, we apply all remaining effects. So that that goes back to your question, Brian, which was. What, Essence of the Wild plus Gather Specimens? plus plus Gather Specimens. So you have
1: have Essence of the Wild cast a a bear, Mm -hmm. a a bear cub. I cast Gather Specimens in response to the bear cub. I am going to get a bear cub.
0: You're going to get a bear cub.
1: Yep. I'm going to get a bear cub.
0: Because we apply the control changing effect first, and then the copy effect doesn't apply anymore because it's not entering the battlefield under my control anymore.
1: Now, what if you cast, instead, like, I'd taken damage this turn, you had an Essence of the Wild, and you cast a dude with Bloodthirst, and I'd already taken damage. Oh, and I control Essence of the Wild? Yeah, so you have Essence of the Wild, uh, you've hit me for one, you attacked me with Essence of the Wild, so I took six. And now you're casting, what is it, Scab
0: Clan Mauler? Yeah, I got Gorehorn Minotaurs out, up right here, from M12. Uh, so, a quick, a quick reminder... <laughs> is uh Bloodthirst says, if an opponent was dealt damage this turn, this creature enters the battlefield with X number of plus one, plus one counters on it. So that modifies, that's a replacement effect that modifies how it enters the battlefield. So basically the same thing applies here. We apply the copy effect first before we can even apply th- Bloodthirst at all. And once we apply the copy effect, our guy becomes a Gorehorn Minotaur. So now the Bloodthirst effect doesn't apply at all because the creature doesn't have it. So that's it you're always going to get an essence of the wild i don't think there's any way to get anything but an essence of the wild cheat 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 so and i think we've, we've hammered this home a few times but if you have multiple effects within the same tier you the affected object or the controller the affected object uh gets to choose
1: Yep. so and if for whatever reason and i say for whatever reason because I can't think of one off the top of my head, Mm -hmm. but if if two or more players have to make these choices at the same time, apnap.
0: Yeah, that that's very difficult to make happen, but yeah.
1: This is I I I'm sure somewhere there's like two cards that do this, and if you can figure out what this scenario is, send us an email. I'd love to hear it, but I'm not gonna research what it is. Exactly. I'll just I'll just ask Eli Schifrin next time I'm on IRC, which is every day. Which oh, well, I guess <laughs> I will research it then. <laughs> All right,
0: so, I'm gonna do it right now. You've inspired me, CJ. <laughs> so one more thing I wanted to bring up is uh, how do you really tell who is the affected player or the controller of the affected object? What is the co- affected object? And uh, the best way I think this was explained to me is just a simple example. So say we have Furnace of Wrath, uh, which just says all damage dealt is doubled. You can do Gisela also. And I am lightning bolting Brian. So I could see two arguments here. One is that lightning bolt is having its damage doubled. Therefore, it must be the affected object. Right. But in reality, the affected thing is Brian because it's going to change how much damage Brian is going to take. Right. So if you look at it this way, lightning bolt is the effect this is, this is where it gets conv- convoluted. But Lightning Bolt is the effect with an E. Brian is what's being affected by the replacement of these, uh, by what order we apply these replacement effects in. Are we so, getting a grammar lesson?
1: In we Dudecast? are. We are. This Effect versus effect?
0: Yes. Next week on JudgeCast, the difference between there, there, and there. Oh, we can do that. That's easy. It is there permanent over there. Yeah. <laughs> They're really enjoying themselves. They okay. they are really enjoying themselves with their permanent over there.
1: <laughs> so yeah. So even if it says like you know prevent prevent all damage this creature deals, okay. Mm-hmm. The affected, what the thing that's being affected or affected or whichever. Uh, apparently, I didn't listen to CJ's grammar lesson. Fairly. Is the guy whose face is getting smashed in?
0: Yes, he's the one that's going to have something different happen to him, depending on what this uh, replacement effect does. Yep. Yep. So I have one last example I want to talk about. Uh-oh. No, it's actually no harder than the ones we've already been talking about, but it's like one of the first replacement effect examples I was ever given. So let's talk about it. So say Brian has a Jace the Mind Sculptor out, and I have Furnace of Wrath, which doubles all the damage, like I said, and I cast Lightning Bolt, targeting Brian. So what we have here is actually two replacement effects happening. Uh, one is the Planeswalker Redirection Rule. That is a replacement effect. It says, you it's know, a replacement instead of dealing damage to Brian, I'm dealing it to Jace instead. The second one is the Furnace of Wrath. So Brian actually is given two options here. He can A, choose to apply the Furnace of Wrath damage first. So, so this is, this is
1: actually kind of weird because it's me the control, me bolting CJ's Jace. That was, that was the setup, right? You have the Jace, and I'm
0: bolting your, okay. Well, you have the, the Jace, other? and
1: I'm bolting Jace. Okay, so you're bolting, you're bolting
0: my Jace. And let okay. me, let me read Furnace real quick, cause it, okay. it does matter. It says, if a source would deal damage to a creature or player, it deals double that, double that damage to that creature or player instead.
1: So, so this is kind of weird. So the Planeswalker redirection rule is CJ's actually getting to choose whether he wishes to redirect the damage, the damage from me to the Planeswalker, But I get to choose the order in which the two replacement effects apply. So it's basically he's, you know, announcing his intent to redirect. And now that he's announced the intent to redirect, it's like, okay, great. Now I've got these two, these two replacement effects that
0: i get to decide uh what order i want to apply them in yeah and the way the way it actually works if if i'm 100 percent sure here is um is that that replacement effect is basically a kind of like a may trigger so i don't have to decide if i want to redirect or not until it actually goes to uh to apply i don't have to decide that up front so basically you would order them first it is then i would decide Do, do you disagree uh to be
1: honest, I had never actually considered that as a possibility.
0: I, I had talked about it um, a little bit before. That's why I'm even bringing it up. So that, uh, I will believe you until I learn otherwise. Yeah, until someone corrects us. Ah, yeah, I believe that, that is true. Sorry, I'm reading the rules right now. Yeah, seems good. Okay, so so Brian has two choices here. One, double the damage, then, you know, have the redirect part. Uh, if he does that... <clears throat> then since Furnace of Wrath is doing damage to a creature or player, the damage will be doubled, and then Jace will take twice as much damage. Just assume I'm always going to redirect. If he chooses to apply the redirect first, then the uh, doubling effect... First off, the ability gets redirected to Jace. Then the the doubling doesn't even happen, because the doubling only applies if if it's dealt to a creature or player. So Brian here has a choice of whether or not he wants Jace to take double damage. I don't think he does, but... You have the choice. The choice is yours and yours alone. Silence. Well
1: no, cause you, you, you got me on something. <laughs> so it's like I'm getting the
0: comp rules up and I'm like, where is this? CJ could just keep talking a little bit longer. If non-combat damage would be dealt to a player by a source controlled by opponent, that opponent may have that source deal that damage to a planeswalker the first player controls instead. So, like I don't think we have a lot of examples of may replacement effects, but that's just kind of what this one is. I can't say. I have... See,
1: I would I would think that you would have to you would have to kind of say whether or not you were going to apply that replacement effect beforehand, because then you could kind of just like, oh well, hey, you doubled it, therefore now I'm going to say that redirects. I don't know. I'll need to. I'll need to do a little bit.
0: I'll. Be, like I said, I'll believe you until I find out otherwise. All right. We'll have an update next show if I'm wrong. Oh yes, we will. Like it's not like this ever comes up in regular play. People are just like, I don't oh, know, J stick six, whatever. Like I don't think they even think about it too deeply. Well, that's it. That is it. That is it. You have anything else you want to add about replacement and or prevention effects? Uh, they're awesome. They're pretty sweet. Uh, you should try some. Chains of Mephistopheles, that's one of everyone's favorites. Shush, 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 shush,
1: shush, shush. Okay. So the magic words for replacement effects instead, as and skip. Skip. And then okay. something like Those aren't like, those aren't those aren't definite guarantees, okay? Right. So those those words do crop
0: up in other sentences on magic cards. And so. something like enters the battlefield with is also another one. Yes. So, uh, I think Devour does that, blood, Bloodthirst. Yep. Actually, Devour even has, as Blah 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 enters a battlefield, you can sacrifice a bunch of guys. Anyway.
1: Whoa. Look at that.
0: So it has as also. As. As. All right, hey, back that as up. <laughs> you ready for a mailbag? Yes. Do it. No. Yes. It's your turn. Mailbag! There we go. There we go. Our first question is from Brendan Hurst, and tell me if this one sounds a little familiar. Okay. Okay, tell me that, actually. It sounds a little familiar. <laughs> he says he has a competitive REL situation. Uh, his opponent has a Planeswalker in play with two loyalty. He attacks his opponent, who makes good blocks, and then casts Safe Passage. So Safe Passage uh, says prevent all damage that would be dealt to you and the creatures you control this turn. So, most notably, it does not say Planeswalkers. Yes. After combat, he casts Pillar of Flames targeting his opponent, and when it resolves... He says that he's choosing to redirect to a Johnny. So his question here is, at what level are we cheating basically? And he has a couple of, of questions. So so this one's this one's awkward. It's basically the
1: thing is the the player he's the guy's trying to do a Jedi mind trick. Okay, his opponent isn't necessarily sure the the order that things go in or or whether he can rack and stack them in what order so when he says to his opponent he's like where he's where he's like i don't think uh uh, i think i can save my guy if i do it this way and the guy just the active player states you know safe passage let's see here He's, he's wanting to say, safe passage only prevents damage to you and your creatures. Okay, where his opponent's sort of like, hey, can I, you know, I can, I can prevent the damage that's being dealt to a Johnny. And the guy answers, safe passage only prevents
0: damage dealt to you or to your creatures. Yeah. So, Which is fine. So, <laughs> since we are talking about this, uh, to be perfectly clear what the situation is, is, you know, this guy has cast Pillar of Flame, targeting a Johnny, and his opponent basically yeah. has well sh- targeting using, his opponent
1: using the shorthand.
0: Yes, and his opponent basically has the ability to choose in which order to apply these replacement effects. So he could choose to do it in such a way that that the damage would be re- uh, prevented before it ever hits a Johnny, but he Get could off. also choose to do it in such a way that the damage just goes through to a Johnny.
1: Yep. And, and then there's no damage being dealt to him to prevent. Right. So when he's like, uh, I don't think, I, I think I can do it this way, and his opponent just basically restates what's on self, safe passage. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, that's, that's, you're, you're not, you're not asked, you're not committing a player communication violation by doing that he asked you he asked you a question involving derived information mm-hmm. you provided a very a sedai answer for those of you that read wheel of time no um no nope well okay so then <laughs> never i i i listeners who are cool will know what i'm talking yeah. about um you're obviously not there yet you're um right. one day so is it, is it scummy? Uh, it definitely feels not nice. And I can see a lot of people getting tripped up on the, the, the subtle nuances of it. So I would probably
0: suggest steering clear of that. Yeah. I wouldn't do it because even if we sit here and say, okay, maybe by the strictest interpretation, it's okay. That doesn't mean the head judge at the event that you're at is going to be like, yeah, it's fine.
1: Because you know? there there is there is the uh, I mean, fraud does involve you if intentionally misrepresenting the rules okay and if the head judge feels that you are intentionally misrepresenting the rules, you're out of there yep, okay and this is from from our standpoint, this is on the you know there's that line where it becomes fraud and this is on the not this is on the side of not fraud however i'm very uncomfortable with it i am too yeah okay i'm i'm not I, I really the 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 main thing that i i don't want is people like oh well, judge Cass said that i could do this mm-hmm. this is fine this is legal this is you know we value clear communication between you and your opponent and this
0: this is going to cause problems yeah, so I think that's good. I think we can move on to our next question, which is also kind of, um. This one's a lot easier, though. Yeah, this one's easier. This one has a lot less wiggle room. So this one's from Kendall Hallman. He says that he has a flip delver and a spirit token out. His opponent plays tribute to hunger. Tribute to hunger reads? Uh, target opponent sacrifices a creature.
1: Yeah. Or target player. Target, target opponent. Target opponent. Okay, so he's, he's, he plays tribute, tribute to hunger. And says, "Tribute your Delver." Right. Okay. Then it goes on and says, "I, of course, tell him that that's not what the card does." And I sacrifice my Spirit Token. He then says, "Some people fall for that." Yeah. Yeah, you're gone.
0: Yeah. That's that's it, you're that is that is, that's,
1: mis- that's, that is it, misrepresenting it. what the card does.
0: Yes. That's that's a little bit too far. That's a lot easier to say.
1: That's now that's you know, people talk about suggesting possible outcomes, you know, where it's like, you know, I've tribute i tribute to hunger you and I'm hunger for some Delver nom nom nom. Okay, okay well then that might the guy me like, oh well, I guess the Delver's gotta he's nom 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 on the Delver. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's more okay. Yeah. The 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 whole the whole thing Yeah, this guy, you know, some players might try and argue. It's like, oh, well, you know, I I I was trying to trick him into thinking his only choice was the Delver. And, you know, it's like
0: I was suggesting a possible no. 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 That ain't going to fly, much like the Delver in his unflipped state. Our next email comes from Nathan Brady. And Nathan Brady wrote us a very long but pretty kind email saying nice things. But he did have one concern he wanted to talk about. Well, can we read the nice things first no i don't know okay Thank, it's only one sentence it's thanks for the great shows i don't even see that sentence it's in the first sentence oh yeah He says he found our co- podcast completely by accident we have a we have a lot of non-judges who listen after being caught up on everything else i regularly listen to so we were at the
1: bottom of the barrel yeah he's just scraping. he's like i don't have anything
0: else what is this crap over here? Hey. So he he wanted to talk about cheating in drafts, which happens, but I don't think it happens that often, to be honest. Maybe it happens a lot more at the store level. I'm not sure. Uh, he had some suggestions on way to to prevent cheating in drafts, because basically, you know, what people could do if they aren't scrupulous is kind of sneak a card into the draft. You know, just take something else out, pocket it, put some better card in, and then take it as your pick. Uh, things like that. He had a, a couple of ideas. We can give him a quick discussion. I guess they're not really judge-related, to be honest. But uh, one of the suggestions he had was to print a serial number at the bottom of the card that represents a correlation between that card and either the booster pack or box it came out of as a as a way to prevent cheating in a draft. Uh, the other suggestion he had was have a card in the booster pack that lists exactly what's in the booster pack. Unfortunately, if, if we lived in Magical... Fairy greatness land, yeah, this, those would be great to help prevent cheating. So, so like this, I mean, this this is the reason why at the higher
1: levels of play they stamp product. Yes, I mean, this is, this is this is exactly the reason. I mean, he's he's basically suggesting, you know, stamping product, and yeah, it's true. I I have not had to stamp product, but. As I understand from some of the uh, the judges who've done that in in the past, it is
0: misery and a half. It sounds horrendous. And like I was explaining it to some people, and they were like, "Well, what happens to the foils?" And as far as I understand, that the people who are stamping get to keep the foils, but I don't know if that's true or not. But even if it is, it is not worth it. Like you're pa- you're stamping what for for a GP that has a sealed GP or no, not sealed, but a draft. You know, 128 mm-hmm. times, 128 players maybe drafting. I I don't know. It's a ton of packs. It, yeah. It's got to be the worst thing ever. So uh, the only other thing I want to mention is Wizards is kind of uh, quiet. Well, yeah, it's 12. It's
1: it's 12. Each box supports 12 players. Uh-huh. So, you know, 120 players is 10 boxes.
0: Yeah. So that's no fun. Yeah. Wizards is... is generally pretty quiet on their collation process about how they get cards into a pack. But I do know just from random things they've said in the past that they don't, you know, they don't really have a way of tracking what cards get in what packs. I I don't think they can physically do this. I know like having a double face card in every pack was actually a big, you know, a big expense for them.
1: So here's a, here's a way of, now this doesn't prevent, prevent, cheats but it is a way of detecting if you're really worried that like the guy has six copies of mist raven or something mm-hmm. like that well you know the order you know you can go talk to the guy that was sitting next to him and it's like hey did you pass this guy a lot of mist ravens and if he's like "Nah, i passed him like one yeah well and then you talk to the guy on the other side did you see any mist ravens and he's like no I've seen you, Mr. Ravens. Yeah, you know. Then you've you've got a, a pretty a pretty good idea that uh he didn't pull those Mr. Ravens. Yeah. And so there there are some some means to at your disposal. I think there was you know situation where where one of the judges I was talking to he, he on a guy at the Miradon besieged pre release he had four mirrored and besiege rares in play no and none of them were foil no
0: that's not gonna work
1: yep so th- that that is probably if you've got if you've got a player or a specific player that's got a deck that's probably a little little too good i'd probably talk to the guys that were sitting next to him and was like do you remember passing him a whole mess of these things yeah i think so, they would remember especially especially if it's like one of the good you know, the good commons, you know, yeah. or the good, or the good, un, you know, or the good uncommons or the good rare. Yeah. <laughs> he's got like, he's got six of the really awesome rare, you know, the Thunder Maw, Hellkite Yeah. Whatever, you know, did you pass him any of these? Uh, yeah, yeah. I passed him five of them. <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, I wasn't in red and, just, you know, I was just like, I kept thinking, well, you know,
0: crap, maybe you <laughs> By the time that third one came around, I was like, well surely there won't be another one and then I know. <laughs>
1: then it then, you know. I mean,
0: yes, I'm the guy that
1: passed up a fifth pick Thunder Maw Hellkite. I don't understand.
0: <laughs> so I think that's I think that's good. That's a good answer. I'm glad I have you on the show instead of me just babbling. Our next email comes from Jeremy Kapka. Actually he made this as a comment on our Facebook group at Facebook.com slash judge guest. But uh I thought we'd go ahead and talk about it on the show. So his basic question is how do you handle a player at a sealed event who wants to just get up, take their sealed pool and leave, you know, say there's a bunch of money cards in the pool. They're just like, "Screw this. I don't want to be able to I don't want to have to pass this pool along." You know, usually this would be more at a GP than at a pre-release where where we actually swap pools, but he just says, "I want to take this pool. I'm out of here." So, and and Brian, you can disagree with me if I'm wrong about this, but I believe strictly speaking, we could consider that theft of tournament materials is that correct uh, i think strictly speaking like the the tech, technically the product is the
1: the uh uh belongs to the to until the the draft is complete right or the or the tournament is complete because sometimes tournaments they they like Especially at the at the regular R E L level, like the
0: prize is like drafting the rares out of the the packs. Mm-hmm. So so that being said, the opinion I've normally heard is to you know, if someone really just wants to get up and leave, just let them go.
1: Because you don't you don't really know. Here here's the thing, if they have a legitimate reason to
0: leave. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, like my wife's water just broke. Mm. Okay, let them go. Well, if you're letting them go in some cases, just I mean, just let them go in all, because yeah. what, what, what that means they're just gonna lie. It's like, whoa, Bob's wife's water broke for the third time this month. I don't understand. <laughs> you know, see, every time he pulls a f- uh, a foil planeswalker, his
0: wife is <laughs> into labor. I don't understand. I don't I don't even get it. So yeah, and I think that's about it. And I think that's a that's that's fair. We I mean, what are you gonna do? DQ someone who's leaving anyway? Nah. Yeah. There there is a uh
1: in the MTR I'm looking for the the exact section, but it's basically if if a player it leaves before drafting is finished. They still stay in the event and they are given a a match loss for the first round. Now that used to have a little bit more teeth to it before Planeswalker points came around. When it was still under the Elo system, the match loss actually you know hurt your rating. Mm-hmm. Now without the Planeswalker uh, points, it's kind of you know
0: a slap on the wrist. Yeah, I've never really had that happen anyway. Have you? Would someone, someone leave? Uh,
1: no, I've joked about it a few times. You know, it's like, whoa, when I get my uh, my foil nickel Bolas Planeswalker, this was in, like, a, uh, you know, a Lara block, mm-hmm. you know, and then, yeah, no, that didn't
0: happen. No, because why so, wouldn't you at least still sit there and get the rest of the cards? Like, it doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's like when you open, you know, the foil whatever, the foil Thundermaw Hellkite and the regular Thundermaw Hellkite. Oh, okay, okay,
0: I gotcha. Or you're just like, I don't want to pass either one of these. All right, well, he has another question. And he asks, when answering a player's question during a game, at what point is the information you are giving the player considered outside information? Not exactly blatant strategic advice, but info that could be considered more than necessary. So a lot of this kind of depends on the question. It depends on what you're saying. But I, I, I try to give some like generic advice. Um, one thing is to when you're answering a rules question is to only be answering the question of of the two specific cards. Don't look at the entire board state and be like and try to answer the question based on their board state. you know if someone says, you yeah, know, what happens if I doomblade that indestructible mirror? Well don't try to figure out is the indestructible mirror actually a, Phantasmal image of the indestructible mirror, you know nothing like that. You just say if somebody doom blades the indestructible mirror, the creature isn't destroyed. You know, blah blah. blah. You want to answer very specific questions. You don't want to try to evaluate the whole board state. You want to narrow it down to just a few cards.
1: Yeah. You you don't want to you don't want to talk about you know what the what the player could do or what his options are or anything or anything like that. You you want to. You don't want to be like judge robot, mm-hmm. you know. And I will only answer exactly what is asked. Um, uh, uh, like at like at F and M's and stuff like that, where you're so where you're so concerned about providing outside information, outside assistance, that you're, you're you're
0: paralyzed. Yeah, I should be more cl- clear. Like what I'm saying is basically competitive. You know, at F and M, you can be a lot more loose, a lot more helpful.
1: Okay. Yeah. At, at competitive, at competitive though, you are, you know. You answer the question asked, and then you stick around, yeah, to handle the uh the inevitable fallout.
0: If it was uh, a weird question, like, hey, can I name mountain with Pithing needle? You know, I can I can tell a story, or did I tell the story on the air already? I may have. I like um, saying on the air. Uh What's yeah. that? What's that four one that lets you sacrifice a human to give it indestructible? Sacrifice a creature to give it indestructible? Oh, one of the like aristocrats or yeah, it's local? a vampire. I think, I think that's enough information, though. A guy cast uh, Tragic Slip, targeting that guy. Yeah. And so we'll say player A casts Tragic Slip, targeting player B's 4-1. That lets you sack a human or sack a creature to make an indestructible one the turn. He, the opponent says... Oh, I see where this is yeah, going. <laughs> the opponent <laughs> sacrifices a creature, and we have that on the stack. And so in response to that, the first player says, all right, I'll Tragic Slip it again. At this point, this is when I'm called over to help. And so I look at the stack here, and it's, you know, it's tragic slip, make indestructible, tragic slip. And tragic slip gives minus one, minus one to a creature. And that's the stack. And the question that is asked of me is, if I sacrifice another creature, will that make this guy indestructible? And I was like, well, the answer is yes. (laughs) I mean, I don't know what else to say. Actually, the question asked me was, can he tragic slip again, even though this guy is indestructible? And I just kinda, I explained the stack to him that the indestructible thing hadn't resolved. And then he asked, you know, if I sacrifice another guy, does this become indestructible? And this is that competitive level event. So, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't be like, you know, yes, but that's not what you want to happen here. So, in the end, I had to be like, yes, it will become indestructible. And then I had to do the whole stand around thing, cause I knew what was about to happen, which was the creature was about to get killed no matter what. <laughs> yeah. That's... rough. Yeah, that's rough. And then after the game, cool. I I sat down and talked to him after the match. And, and the first guy was like, he's like, yeah, I don't, even, I knew that was how it worked. I don't even know why I cast two tragic slips. It's just
1: right, because because when he sacked the human, yeah, more, uh, the morbid was gonna kick in and the tragic slip was gonna give it minus
0: thirteen, minus thirteen. Yeah, so it never even mattered. And he's like, I, it's just he was so taken back by him sacrificing trying to get indestructible. That like in his head for that moment, he's like, well, it must work, I guess. Oh, that, okay, right, because yeah. it's a four, it's a four
1: one, so even the okay. tragic slip without getting the morbid was gonna.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, that was unfortunate. Anyway, that's my, you know, had to wait around and, and talk about the sad things that were about to happen. Oh man. So our last question is, is a bit of a crazy one. and so it's a rules question from Christopher J. Meyer. He says, hey, Judge Cass, I have a few scenarios, that I am not sure what happens in them. So he presents us with three scenarios. He knows how the first one works out, but we'll talk about it anyway. Well, then he only has a couple scenarios where he's not sure what happens. But he said if...
1: Because he knows he knows what happens
0: in the first one, leaving only two scenarios left. Yeah, but he has a question at the end that could be considered a different scenario. Hmm? Hmm? Anyway, his first scenario is, you have a bear cub paired with Silverblade Balladin. Bear cub. Hey, I...
1: Christopher J. Meyer, you are my favorite email. Yeah.
0: Bear Cub is the officially sponsored two two of JudgeCast. Bearcub Bear Cub is. So Silverblade Paladin says as long as Silverblade Paladin is paired with another creature, both creatures have double strike. Hmm. You know what? This isn't a replacement effect. So don't get don't get too tied up with the uh the word as. So we have the two paired up. You attack with yep. both. After first strike damage, uh the the uh, Silverblade paladin is destroyed through whatever means does the bear claw deal damage during the regular combat damage step? So it had double strike. Now it doesn't have double strike. The answer to the question is no. No, it does not no. do damage. So uh, I could read the rule, but I think it's better just to try to summarize it.
1: But how does it – but, ha- but it doesn't have first strike, so it has regular strike. So yeah. it does damage
0: during regular, stri- regular strike step, right? But, no. No. So basically the way this works – is during the first strike damage step, all the creatures with first strike and double strike deal damage. All right? During the regular combat damage step, any creatures that did not have first strike during the first strike combat damage step...
1: Oh, no, hold on. It's not didn't have first strike. It's that it's for creatures that didn't deal damage during the first strike combat damage step or that have double strike. So basically, if you didn't do... If you didn't do it during first strike, you get to do it during the regular. And if you have double strike, you get to do them both. Yes. Okay. So if you somehow lose the after first strike, uh after you deal if you deal combat damage in the first strike first strike combat damage step, and then you lose first strike, well, you're just sitting out regular combat damage. You already you already had your swing. Yep. Okay. Also, if for some reason there's a first strike combat damage step and you don't have first strike, and then after first strike combat damage has been dealt, you gain first strike somehow. (laughs) Um, It's not like, oh man, hey, you missed your opportunity during first strike combat damage, Deb. You, ha ha. You know, I give your dude first strike after he's going to whiff now, he doesn't get to do that. Da- no.
0: Because yeah. that
1: creature, even though he has first strike, he did not deal damage during the first strike combat damage step. He gets to do his damage now during the the regular strike combat damage regular step. Regular strike, yeah. <laughs> there, needs to be, there needs to be a good the second combat damage step.
0: Yeah. So he changes up the situation a little bit. So you have the bear cub paired with silver blade paladin, attack with both. Paladin gets blocked. We deal the first strike damage. Yep, so the Bear Cubs dealt damage, Silverblade Paladins dealt damage, Vampire Nighthawks dealt damage. Yeah, it's blocked by Vampire Nighthawk, but that's not really that important. So, the question is, the first strike damage happens... That's uh, right, Vampire Nighthawks just has a uh, uh, Death Touch lifelink. Yeah, he doesn't first strike. Right, right, okay. He's got so many other abilities, I just... Yeah, he just...
1: ...projected. So little...
0: He also has, uh uh like, Bloodthirst phasing... We got it cool. So flying death touch lifelink. All right, yeah. wait, first strike damage has happened. Okay. Before regular damage happens, you play Restoration Angel and Flicker the Silverblade Paladin. So you you exile it, you bring it back, and when you bring it back, you bond it back with the bear cub. Does the bear cub do damage during the second combat damage phase step? So the paladin's not a factor here, because A, before it... Before now, it was, um... Because when it got removed from the battlefield, it stopped being an attack. Basically, it's, it's does the fact that the bear cub briefly lost double strike, does that factor in? And And, no. And the answer is no. Well, All we care about is, right now, does it have double strike? And the answer is, yes, it does. Yup. So it deals damage. Alright, so one more. You have the bear cub, you have Thalia, which... All that really matters about her is she has first strike for this, and you have an unpaired silver blade paladin. You attack with the bear cub and Thalia. So during first strike damage, Thalia deals her damage. Then before the uh, second strike damage, you play the restoration angel again and flicker the paladin and bond it with Thalia. So now Thalia has both first strike and double strike. Is Thalia going to deal damage in the regular combat damage step?
1: She deals double damage during the regular combat damage step. Because she has first strike and double strike. So she has Uh-oh. triple strike. Triple Uh-oh. strike.
0: <laughs> triple strike. No, but she will do regular damage. It's it's basically not much different than the other situation. She nope. has double strike during that step. So so she's she is good to go. So no triple strike? No triple strike. Firstest firstest strike. (laughs) And then he uh, has one last little question. is basically, can you play something after first strike and before regular strike if you are only attacking with a first strike creature? So the question is, how how do these combat damage steps, if you only attack with one creature and it has first strike and your opponent has no creatures, do you still get the regular damage step?
1: Yeah, it still happens.
0: Yeah, it still happens now that yeah
1: it's kind of weird like if if there's all regular creatures like nothing with no one with first strike mm-hmm. then there's only the one combat damage step right but if any of the creatures has first strike or double strike there's going to be uh, a combat damage step for for all the the first strikey double strikey guys and then it, the game creates a second one for everybody that's left so it's it's kind of weird cuz it's it's not really like the you know the game creates a first strike combat damage step. it actually creates the regular strike one yeah so it's kind of it's 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 kind of weird but for the for colloquially the game creates a first strike combat damage step you know before regular yeah and, that, and I mean, yeah I mean, that's that's not exactly the way it works but just it doesn't matter yeah so so it's just,
0: be- it's just it's uh, just nerd fight yeah, uh, you know, with eh. so yeah, you're always going to have that quote-unquote regular combat damage step, no matter what, even if no creatures have quote-unquote regular combat damage. Yes. Yep. And then he finishes his email saying, "Thanks for your help. Unless you don't answer, then no thanks." Which uh, oh, uh, sick burn. We always answer. Well, except that one guy whose email got cut out. Yeah, we're not going to answer that one. Really. <laughs> All, All right. right. Well, if you would like to contact us. You can do so by emailing us at judgecast at gmail dot com. You can email us your rules, question, compliments, pictures of your baby, anything you want. Well, pictures, Sing, single ladies, yeah. Put your hands up. <laughs> All the single ladies. <laughs> Shut up. If feel like you should put a ring on it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Twitter.com slash JudgeCast, and you can like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash JudgeCast. Speaking of which, we had a contest going on on Facebook.
1: We did have a contest going on on Facebook.
0: And we have to decide a winner. We do have to decide a winner. So we had several pictures posted of
1: people hugging judges and... By far there were several people that got uh they got uh Ricky involved.
0: Yeah, more than I expected.
1: I know. Uh including uh we also had uh you know several hugs for, or received by hosts of the show. Yep. Uh, Jess, uh you, uh myself, uh Ricky was on there. Sean Cantanese. Yep. So that's that's
0: uh no Jose Boveda. No, the mysterious Jose Boveda. It was sad because uh I don't know what he looks like. Yeah, the guy who, hit, who hugged Jess, I was just like, I had to comment on the picture being like, and who are you hugging here? Cause I've never met Jess. I don't know. <laughs> I had no idea. I if only, he's
1: not, if he's not wearing the stormtrooper uniform, I yeah. don't know what least, he looks like. I
0: only know him from his Skype picture with the stormtrooper uniform. <laughs> so. <laughs> this,
1: I don't recognize you without your helmet on. Yeah. Uh, so, alright. So here we go. We have, uh, Siege has placed all the entries into a, a handy dandy uh, uh, spreadsheet to assign them numbers based on how they uh, uh, who they hugged. So I'm going to enter in the max number into as a, as a boundary into a random number generator, and I'm essentially going to roll to see who wins. And the winner is okay. I don't like that person. Hold on. <laughs> Do this again. No, 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 not that person either. Nope, not them either. Too. No, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. Winner was Andrew Wilson, who hugged David Green. Wow, a guy with only one entry. That's lucky. That is lucky. That is also a guy local to me.
0: Yeah. So I want to I want to give a shout out here to Ryan Boyce, who really had a uh, a uh, a spur of images right there at the end. Uh, sorry you didn't win though, but man, he was he was hugging judges left and right. Hey, wait, Brian, how'd you say you determined the winner here? Uh, I uh went on to random.org and hit the generate button. Oh, Brian, what? I have to disqualify you from the show for randomly determining a winner. Oh. Um, sorry. Do I need to but you need to get a statement from here, right? Brian, what? You're out. We'll take this we'll take the statement later. Sorry, Brian, you're off the show. So, For everyone here at JudgeCast, which is just me now, since Brian is now off the show, thank you for listening. I guess I'll do this. I'm CJ Schrader. I keep it fair, fun, and under two hours.
1: I think that'd be really funny if your dad won. What's up with this magical card? I gotta go, because I gotta pee.